Chris from the Ring Podcast, episode 76. This your boy Chris J. Go ahead, introduce yourself, honey. Yo, it's Trout Side. Alright, cool. And for those that don't know, just like how you heard start. Me? I said it's Trout Yeah, I heard you. yeah oh. you good. You good. Yeah, I heard you. You good. Alright, but episode 76. Uh, NBA players that wore the jersey number 76, only one player. And I at least, well, we both should kind of know who this is. Sean Bradley wore 76 when he played with the 76ers in 94 through 96. So, shout out to Sean Bradley, G. Uh, being somebody of somewhat significance, even though you was a waste of height to me. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Sean Bradley, G. So... Uh, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, we kind of in a way let's go. We've been I feel like going starting with wrestling has been cool, so might as well just keep at it. Uh, breaking news. Uh, Becky Lynch has so shout out to Oscar. Round of applause to Oscar. Ooh yeah, let's get it. All right, but it is for legit reasons. No, she's not about to go be uh, a full time actor. No, she doesn't have COVID, thank God. But it's because she is pregnant with Seth Rollins' child. Because they are due to be uh, wed and whatever. But congratulations to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins for uh, their expected child. Shout out to uh, Becky Lynch for all that as well. Wasn't expecting that, actually. Like People wondering what the hell's going on. Why Becky hasn't been around the past month besides her act, uh, filming a movie. But for her to drop the title for this reason, I'm not really mad at it. And also smart of them to use the money in the bank in that uh, way as well. So, uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I have. Um, I, I, that was a smart way to do money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my honest opinion. Um, and I personally, I like personally, I like how they put the rocket strap on Oscar. I think she has been the most entertaining woman in the uh the industry. Uh, I mean, in WWE. So it's it's really cool to to see they put it on her. Uh, congratulations to Lynch. And um, yeah, it's it's just good. I think Oscar is gonna do well. Hopefully, this leads to like Liv getting that belt off of her, not Shayna, but Liv getting that belt off of her. And yeah, yeah. So, uh, Seth Rollins' character right now is hilarious. That's all I'm gonna say right now. We're all Seth Rollins is looking lost. It's probably one of the funniest things right now uh, on Raw. <laughs> It's literally the funniest thing. The nigga coming out looking a hot mess. Uh, but yeah, overall, I'm really happy, excited for the situation. Uh, it's a good feel-good story, regardless. Um, it will be. It, I do believe it definitely opens up the entire Raw Women's roster for uh, good matches with Oscar. I definitely agree. It does open the door for Liv Morgan. Uh, 
Shayna Baszler is still going to be in the picture regardless because they unfortunately did make her into a goddamn fiend the past couple months in terms of just how she just took niggas out. But in a way, they accidentally nerfed her doing Money in the Bank as well. Accidentally nerfed her. So who knows? Paul, Paul Heyman knows what he's doing. So it was probably for the greater good. But um, it's my mic. I, but, I, I like that Shayna wasn't so much of a factor into the money in the bank, especially if she wasn't going to win. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that because it's like the good thing about that money in the bank, Every the only thing that probably can handle characters is people kind of like stupid, but nobody cares to have that hurt. Dana Brooke has always been a comedy type yeah. act. She's never meant to be taken seriously. So all that type of stuff like that. I'm, I'm cool with it. It ain't um, uh, like Shayna choking out Ray. They always able to make her strong with something like that. Like her choking out a male competitor that makes her yeah, strong. I yeah, cried yeah. laughing about it. That was one of the funniest moments, actually. Uh, it, but uh, but yeah. So we'll matter of fact, just go ahead and talk about Money in the Bank in itself. Uh, that just start off with the matches we was talking about it. So uh, Oscar clearly won the Money in the Bank for the women, and Otis actually won for the men, which was a big plot twist. But and I think I've heard something about. Otis potentially uh, using it for the tag team titles or something. I don't know how true that was, but he it said. Did, but Otis said, I think Otis just said. Otis just said recently he going after Braun. Strongman. I'm like. I don't know what. To yeah. Do okay. Whatever. Fuck this bullshit. But if Otis able to get a, if Otis is able to get a a chip before Shinsuke do, the big chip before Shinsuke do, we know some explaining to do. It's a lot of explaining to do. Uh, just overall, because I do want to break down up like this old experience of the match. Uh, but Otis winning is, I wouldn't like. I'm not shocked. But it's just the fact they actually went along with it. Like, he is one of the most over people right now. Uh, where the hell is Tucker, by the way? Um, it's... If they... Like, I would like to see a long-term Money in the Bank holder, in a way. And... Yeah, I, yeah, he could say I'm coming after Braun, but I would love to see a long-term Money in the Bank holder. It's been a good while since we had one. And also, I'm just seeing the possibility of them doing, like, a transition thing, which would suck for Otis, but it's like, is it really going to kill him if somebody like Shinsuke takes it from him or something? Or, yeah, somebody like Shinsuke takes it or even... I could see somebody like Bray Wyatt just taking it. I don't know, but like I'm just hell shit. Roman Reigns pulling the John Cena and taking it from him. Like I could see that type of situation happen. I don't know who else could possibly. For all we know, Brock Lesnar. Uh, but but yeah, like I could see if it's not a transition thing. I would like a long term thing where he waits till probably like Royal Rumble. Survivor Series Royal Rumble to actually just like pull the trigger on a on the on it. That's just me. 
looking at it like that. So, because it would be a good way to build them up and keep the threat of it going for a while. And plus, it'd be interesting. Um, but yeah. Anything you want to add before we uh, start just going through the whole card? No, 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 no. We can go through the whole card. All right, cool. Oh, I did not know this was in the kickoff show. Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro. I didn't watch this match. I did. It was really good. Cool, uh, Cesaro. So I kind of, I kind of wish it didn't. Like I understand what our truth and. Bobby Lashley has that because they got to have a comedy act in every show, I guess. But I kind of wish this match was on the main card and our truth and the Bobby Lashley stuff was on the pre-show. Please, Doctor Um, I do I not kill you for that. And Bobby Lashley was the pre-show. No, they was in the middle of the show. No, that was in the beginning. Wait, wasn't it? It was the beginning. Oh, what... all right, cool. And I'm wrong. This sub match, I needed some match to to not be in that and have. Because I just think Jeff is, and they laughed at me in a party right now. <laughs> I was like, uh, I mean, they laughed at me in a party when we was talking about it. But Jeff is probably one of their biggest faces. <laughs> so you, you gotta, you gotta yeah. kind of have to keep him, you know, around the mid card title or the, the, the WWE title as much as possible because around it, not give it to him just because he always going to be able to either garner fans or be able to have people, you know, investing into what he's doing. Exactly. Definitely agree. Like that, that put it, they, the man's getting a crap ton of vignettes. So for him to give a damn. And to me, as long as Jeff Hardy is healthy, they do not healthy and clean. That's put it that way. Healthy and clean. It gotta be both. They're willing to invest into Jeff Hardy being, uh, in like you said, both uh, title title pictures, whether either or main event or uh, mid card, they they if he's healthy, they're perfectly fine with it. So I'm not mad, and it's a good way to bring him back into the picture because I I didn't know he was actually going to be fighting in the pre kickoff show because I didn't even know this match happened. Nobody talked about it at all. So, uh, so yeah, uh, New Day versus The Miz, Morrison, Forgotten, uh, boy, I'm, they're not Forgotten since Maga. And Lucha House Party. Uh, I like the match. Um, I, I like it. Um, I think it was extremely high pace. Uh, I will probably never say this ever again while I am watching wrestling, but my favorite out of that match was the Lucha House Party. Um, and Make sure I sense it, it was extremely. Whoa, whoa, that's that's racist. Yes, I didn't know that. I, I'm honestly, I did not know that. Please censor <laughs> that. Sure they I was did. jumping around like maniacs. Um, there we go. <laughs> and yeah, to make sure. I and it's it's um, <laughs> and, um, uh, it was it was amazing. And like they can get air, like. It's kind of like how you watch, um, like, Circus Olay acts, and they be doing, like, the tightrope stuff, and they just be jumping on the trampoline. Them dudes hit the ropes, and they be in the air like like it's a trampoline, and they just be gliding. So I respect the Lucha House Party. Like, respect, respect. Yeah, the Lucha House Party has been. I think the fit of the What'd you say? I said the Lucha House Party's been on. 
a decent run, like since Elimination Chamber. They've been taking advantage of every moment they get now. Hell, they even got them cutting promos on SmackDown. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I don't know. I'm okay with the New Day winning. It's honestly, it's a matter of time before, um, before uh, the manga, the forgotten manga troops, eventually take them titles off of them. I think it's set for them. Yeah. It's prime for them, and and I don't want to just see another Uso and and um. Well, the Uso's New Day type thing. So, uh, oh, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Uh, but, no, but uh, in all seriousness, I mean, in all seriousness, um, as much as I, not the biggest Forgotten Son fan, I think they 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 ready for it, and they don't see them titles faster than they even. I don't even think they saw Golden in NXT. So, no, they did not. So yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be mad if uh, Maka do like they set them up like that heavily in the tag team picture on SmackDown. Uh, it's just a wait and see approach at this point. I also wouldn't be mad if they give Lucha House Party like a quick transitional championship run just for the hard work they've been. They've been around for a minute and uh, a good minute. Been the jobbers for the tag team scene for a minute. And just simple fact, like, they've been putting on these performances. I'll give them, like, a quick rub, like, a quick one. Be like, here you go. And then lose it on an episode of SmackDown three weeks later or something. Like, I wouldn't be mad. Um, but, yeah, moving on. Uh, R-Truth versus Bobby Lashley, which was originally supposed to be MVP. Uh, the sole purpose of this match was also for, A, comedy reasons. Two, the setup Bobby Lashley, uh... Linking up with MVP again, like the good old TNA days. So, nothing to really add here, uh, to me at least, unless you want to add anything. No, 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 I'm good. I ain't got nothing to add. Yeah, so, we we, we see where this is going easily. It's even pro- progressing well on Raw. Uh, it's just, it's kind of neat to at least see black people go against each other now. Like, we're, cause, like this is like the second, third time at least on WWE program where I've seen two like black people go head to head against each other. One time for black referee. So, Hey, progress. Uh, then this is what opened up the show was Bailey versus Tamina. I'm going to keep it G real. This was a really good match. This was a really good match to me. I enjoyed it. Uh, Tamina, even though Tamina lost by a roll up, which, uh, it's something about that crucifix roll-up pin that just causes people to just lose at this point. It's not even schoolboys. It's the crucifix roll-up. If you know what we're talking about, then, hey, you played enough wrestling games to know. But, uh, yeah, Tamina lost by that, but she was still technically really beating up Bailey for a good portion of the match. It was a good back-and-forth match. I enjoyed it. Uh, but, yeah, Bailey came out the victor either way. But uh, your thoughts? Um, I don't really have big thoughts on terms of like the match. The match is is what it is. My big thoughts is uh like the the shit show that came afterwards in which just two people just destroy on a twist stream um Tamina 
and really just got on that with a for for no reason. Um, personally, I'm like, I'm glad the Jordan documentary was on because I'm glad I didn't pay attention to that bullshit. I, I didn't know this was happening. Like it was, it was, and it, and it got it got around um, in terms of the, the industry and people retweeting and stuff like that. Um, but she, they just come at it called the retarded and all that type of stuff. Um, called the old and and things of that nature. And I just wish those two people would just like literally, because it does in in this time it it brings unwanted shots to an AEW. Because people are gonna compare, like, well, you guys call them old. Jericho's fifty, such and such is fifty. Dog, it, it is a lot of old people at EW. Um, Hager and all them approaching forty. Um, yeah. All these people and like, you you ain't keeping that same energy with them. And this slow match is like, bro, Dean and Hager, one of the slowest matches of all time. When Dean go against uh, Brody Lee, it's gonna be a slow match because that's what they do. They they they're more brawlers than technicians, so that's what we gonna see. Bailey is the how she made the match feel. She she what she been doing this whole entire time, leading up to when Sasha and Bailey eventually go against each other. She really made that match feel bigger than what it is, and I'll put respect on her for that because a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't do that. So um. Shout out! Shout out to the. Uh, I don't. Do we any anybody in a right mind see her winning? No. Like we just got to be real with ourselves. Um, but I will say they did a good job way. making Tamina come off the threat leading up to it, though. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Like Bailey and Sasha been doing great work on that, along with Tamina, and they've been doing great work on that end to be like, yeah, she that nigga. Yeah. So, um, all respect. <laughs> uh, so before we go into the next match, shout out to uh, Seth Rollins literally almost ripped Ray Mysterio's mask off, but he didn't take it off completely. He literally proceeded to poke Ray Mysterio's eye into the steel steps, like forced it into the tip of the steel steps, and Ray Mysterio's eye started bleeding. Oh my god! <laughs> and then Seth, like oh you're probably god. like you're gonna scroll Twitter and you're gonna see Seth Rollins' face. G, I tried not to laugh while you was <laughs> while you was talking, G, because I heard everything you said. While I was just, while I'm like, yo, Raven Seal can't catch a break, man. That nigga got thrown off a roof and now he's freaking uh, had his eye forced into the uh, edge of the freaking steel steps. <laughs> But uh, moving on, <laughs> Seth Rollins is in his bag. G. Uh, but Universal uh, Championship Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, I was going to watch this match, but when I saw Bray Wyatt come out, I was like, okay, I know where this is going. They're going to extend this shit to probably Dania SummerSlam. Uh, I'm sure you saw it, so I'll let you talk about it here. Uh. It was a Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt match. Whatever you figured in your head, liking it or not liking it, you're right. Um, any answer is is true. If you felt it was fast paced, you're probably the only one. Yes, it should um, be. That's just what it was. I had an issue with the match when it comes towards the end 
because I thought it would have been a bold story move and a safe story uh, move um, if they were able to have Braun do Bray Wyatt's bidding. Like Bray Wyatt will, like Braun will sad on Bray Wyatt, sad with Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt will be like Braun's manager. Or the fiend would be like Braun's manager, and Braun would just be like Bray Wyatt's goon. Whoever have the belt, I don't even care. But that's a good way. And then whenever Roman comes back, he's gonna be the destroyer of the Firefly Front. Um, and that 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 right there would have had me like, all right, cool. Uh, plus, like Otis trying to cash in on him. Yeah, bro, like Otis out the arena because nobody's touching Bray unless they go through him. So. But I understand that they did want to do it in case they don't want, like, Bray always have to be a cult leader. Um, it's understandable, but that just would have been a safe option instead of, like, not The Fiend, but Bray Wyatt eating the pen. There wasn't that much commotion online about that anyway, but yeah, cause I, I, I think... honestly, I don't see Braun Strowman holding this title any much longer. I don't know who's taking it, but somebody's taking it. It might not be Bray Wyatt. It might be The Fiend. Who knows? But somebody's taking it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I like the idea that you actually... That's a really good story idea. Uh, anybody from WWE that's listening, uh, give us our credit. Thank you. But uh, We'll give Daytona's yeah. credit. Um, but either way, uh, I like that. I actually really like that. Either, like, whoever has the belt, that would be really dope if Bray Wyatt just had, like, control over Braun again and he just did as you did. That would be really fun. That would be a fun storyline for SmackDown in itself. Um, but yeah, I, I'll probably watch it later. Like, I wasn't really too much of a rush to see it, especially when I saw Bray Wyatt. Uh, Tobias actually told me he enjoyed this, so I'm like, okay. But we're both Bray Wyatt fans, either way. But moving on, to me, this was match of the night. Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. This match slapped. Uh, it was still on, uh, yep. when, after Michael Jordan and the Bulls got, uh, documented went off. And all I can sit here and say was, like, McIntyre matches are supposed to be, like, hard-hitting matches. But, once again, it shows how great of a ring general Seth Rollins is. This match slapped in every way. This was Drew's probably his best match. Like, he had solid matches. Solid good matches. But this was, like, his best, like, long, long-term match. Like, ever. Probably. So... But one of the better matches of this year so far. I I definitely enjoyed this match. Yo. Uh yeah yeah no um yeah my bad um yeah it, it is one of the better matches they had um compared to what they fought earlier. Um I would say this uh that spot. In which she um flipped. I mean, when he flipped like Seth Rollins over his head, I know Seth Rollins sold it, like over exaggerated it, but that was a good sell for that because man, that was amazing. Um, um, uh, what's next? Uh, uh. I, I do think it was best to 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 just have Drew steamroll through people, um, and his face run is not coming 
back. Uh, his face run is not coming like off bad to me as I, I thought know. it was. Yeah, so I, I don't concerned. need his heel persona to come back. Um, shout out to um, what'd you say? I say it's not. It's actually been really good. It's not like at times it comes off a little corny, but I'm. But it's more like I think he just has to kind of oversell it because there's no crowd. So I get it. But I. I. But overall, like his face run is really yeah. good. Like he comes off as a badass pretty boy, pretty much. That's what comes off to me. Yeah, definitely, and. You know, he's part of Beard Gang, so, well, along with here, Beard Gang niggas from WWE. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 boy, when you posted that in the chat, G, I was like, nigga, why is there a freaking family tree of beards? Mm. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was hilarious, but. Uh, keep up, but I think as of right now, it's looking like it's going to be Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley at Backlash. So, uh, we can have fun with that. Um, then the Money in the Bank match in itself. So, uh, how can I? So, pretty much a start off, they separate the men and the women in different parts of the uh, Titan headquarters. And the simple fact that the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders playing basketball right now might be some of the best TV segment of all time. Uh, but yeah, so as I was saying, uh, they had them in separate uh, parts of the uh, building, and of course they're gonna find their way to the uh, roof. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. Like some of this comedy was really good, funny. Of course, it was good to see. Uh, Bruce Pritchard as Brother Love, Paul Heyman make his appearance, Vince and Stephanie popping up, even John Laurinaitis popping up <laughs> kind of make put a smile on my face. Because even though John Laurinaitis was annoying as hell, it kind of brought a smile to my face just to see that he, hey, he's doing okay. Uh, stuff like that. But a lot of good moments. Oscar literally hiding and then jumping on top of the women, jumping to the elevator and hiding into the elevator was good comedy gold. Uh, of course, we mentioned it earlier. Seeing Raymond Stewart get choked out. Oh, we got to add that. Raymond Stewart has had a tough 24 hours. He got choked out by a woman. On top of it all, too. Thrown off a roof. And literally, guys, I poked into uh, to nothingness. So, <laughs> all in 24 hours. So, uh, prayers to Raymond Stewart, man. A lot of L's. But uh, I really enjoyed a lot of parts of this uh, match. Um oh, for- like everything about it was really good. Uh, Otis trapping AJ Styles under the bench, under the bench press thing was literally hilarious. Dana Brooke thought she had the uh, money bank in the conference room, and Stephanie popping up like, "Yeah, your ass is tweaking on phone on grave." Uh, Styles and Daniel Bryan and Vince Office was probably a prime example of how real, how much of a real nigga Vince McMahon is. G and Vince McMahon had on jeans. That is a moment. Vince McMahon having on jeans. G we never seen this before. So uh, it was a lot of good moments. Mm, yeah, no, that. that that was my favorite part. Um, I, you know, some of our stuff was mid. Some of the stuff was really, really good. I just think one for that interview being extremely short. It I loved it. Yeah, it was. Um, I wish they do that more often. 
I think they need like with like you have no crowd. I feel like it's best to try to keep it like really concise to the point because of the fact that literally like like it's no reason just have these long ass shows. Like give us make put the tight belts on the line, give us a couple big car matches and we move on. Like I feel like that's ideal. At least for the time being. But yeah, like the only time I feel like they should, yeah, yeah. uh, they should have like longer pay per views would probably be like the big, like the big four, big three pay per views. Those should be the only ones to me that should honestly go like three, three and a half hours with or without crowds. But I'm cool with how the setup was for this pay per view. Mm. No, yeah, uh, but all in all, for me personally, I enjoyed that match. Um, I mean, yeah, it was great. And Oscar, Oscar really is a star. Um, yeah, and I'm a jack, uh, and I'm proud of that. And I'm, and I'm, I just want to say this right now. Say this right now. Um, Oscar has won the NXT Royal Rumble, Raw, SmackDown. Money in a Bank Tag Team Championships. Don't ever say she wasn't booked good. Yeah, that that dialogue needs to die uh, immediately because there's people on Twitter, a former homeboy of ours, who believes that Oscar's been poorly booked, and I'm tired mm-hmm. of it. That that just needs to die because um, mainly because overall, all together to me. She's been prominently on TV for the past, what, year and a half? And then on top of it, she right now is the biggest star in the company because of the fact that there's no crowd. Even before that, she was still very much over. But she's been the most entertaining in and out of ring competitor that they have and probably in wrestling altogether. Like, all the, like we just had to look out what we're seeing. Nobody's doing what Oscar's doing. And then she has one of the best YouTube channels ever, but it's Oscar, so of course I'm gonna show some favoritism in that aspect. But like Oscar, everything like you can't sit there and tell me that Oscar's being booked poorly when whether winning or losing, even when she loses, it's the people who's legitimately can beat her or could give her some go, which is for one Becky Lynch, who is being booked as goddamn John Cena in woman clothing, and. Then she lost to goddamn uh, Shayna Baszler, who's literally coming off one of the, a god tier NXT run, just like Oscar. And Oscar was the only one to kind of give her a go on top of it. So, cut the shit, please, and do better. So, but yeah, nope, nothing yeah. wrong with that. So, uh, moving on, nothing else to really talk about money in the bank. I was gonna slander some uh, wrestling Twitter, but who cares? Uh, two forty nine. That happened this past Saturday, and you can argue it's a success, despite one one of the uh, one of the competitors getting COVID. Uh, what was it? Two three days before the event, of course. But uh, but other than that, so that it was weird. Me. So it was weird. So Jackaray, so Jackaray, he didn't catch. So it was. So they told him. So Jackie Ray told the UFC after people told him, like, yeah, I was around some people who got COVID. And then 
So he had the check, and he ended up most definitely getting it. Um, and and that's just why that that disease itself is just wild. Um, and I, I I honestly don't understand, like, just by I don't think people still don't understand, like, just by being by somebody you catch. I don't care, like, and keep it real. I don't care about the mortality rate. I really don't. Um, and that the fact that some people are still not taking it as seriously, it's just it's stupid. Um, but yeah. But yeah, so overall, the event, I feel, was overall success. Fuck ESPN Plus. Um, but other than that, that was literally the unsuccessful part. But they ESPN succeeded either or. Um, but point of it all is, though, uh, what was I about to say? Point of it all is, pretty much, uh, it went well. Like, I'll let you take over from here since you're the UFC, more the UFC guy here. Oh yeah, so my bad, Chris. My bad. Um, so UFC start off really with. I'm not going to talk about the prelims itself for Cowboy versus Anthony Pettis, um, which, which is a very very good fight. You don't want to see any of those two lose. Anthony Pettis won by decision, even though you know some people think Cowboy should have won and had Cowboy win that fight. Really good fight though. Um, so with the main card, I'm going to talk about some of the stuff that people cared about, um, which is. Um, People such as like uh Nuganu versus Rogerstroik, Nuganu killed that man. Um, and that's just it. <laughs> They're in a crazy situation in which they don't know who to book. Uh, um, for that next for that title shot against the belt. Um, and you gotta put Francis Nuganu there because he is the best. Uh, heavyweight outside of the champion, but he already have lost to the champion. So um, you don't know. I don't know what you do. Um, personally, um, I think that you go that you go uh, Nuganu see what he can do between the winner of between the winner of Stipe and um, between Stipe and uh, 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 Daniel Cormier, and you see what Nugano can do against them. Both really good wrestlers. So Nugano is going to be in a bad situation. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, now we go go to the, the co-main event, which was um, – <laughs> Uh, Henry Cejudo versus uh, what is this man name? Dominic Cruz. Now, was the stoppage too early? I'm not a referee. The referee main goal is to have the fighter's best interest in heart, um, and, and to protect the fighters. So, seeing with that being said, um, the fact that Dominic Cruz still says you can defend himself. If you're taking 
10 punches, I don't care, in the flurry, and I'm not seeing you defend yourself in my eyes. Who knows? Uh, but depends on how you view what fighters should do or what referees should do. Um, me personally, either way I go, I have Cejudo winning because he's just that good. When, when you when you're a person who beat Demetrius Monty Mouse Johnson, you're not a regular fighter. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but shout out to Henry Henry Cejudo. He retires after this, which is wild. Uh, but like Dana White said, like Dana White said, um, when somebody retires this early or says this, it's a reason they're retiring. Um, some think, some personally think, um, you know, the co- contract negotiations. Others think, or Dana think, it's because his body has to do it. Um, um, but uh, me personally, shout out to Henry Saludo, one of the if not the best of all time in that division. Um, so, uh, and down on to the main event. The main event was, see, it was one of the best main events this year and not because it was a, a back and forth battle. It was one of the best main events this year because Justin Gagey tested this man's chin and in all honesty, in all honesty, I, I I don't see how this man wasn't knocked out. I mean, I'm shocked. I don't. <laughs> I'm still shocked. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I thought you was about to talk some more. No, but um, yeah, I, 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 um, Justin Gagey versus Khabib has the potential to be a super fight. Hmm. Um, uh, and Justin Gagey, if just as a quick, um, just as a quick, like, um, tell you how great he is I think nine fights or seven either seven fights and nine um, <laughs> performance bonuses that like it's either the other way around it's either nine fights seven performance bonuses or nine fights or seven nine he is really good um and I can't wait to see him go against Khabib the problem I have with it is I mean, I have with that fight, but what's going on is Connor's trying to edge his way into it um, and tell him you don't want to fight somebody who all they do is grab and stuff like that. But I love Justin Gage and what he said. He's not going for the money fight, which Connor is, regardless. He's going for the the belt, and that's respect. Um, it's going to be a it's going to be a heck of a fight. It's going to be a heck of a fight, and I can't wait. But just to talk about that fight in general, um, Justin Gage's Boxing was on point. Um, his boxing and the way he 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 was able to uh, just counter punch and, and a patience that he had going against Tony Ferguson um, was amazing. It's a meme that Tony Ferguson fans has is 
after they fight Tony Ferguson and how they face look. And what was on Twitter was, and I hate that I didn't come up with it because I always see that stuff on YouTube. Um, but Tony Ferguson looked like he just fought Tony Ferguson. And shout out to him. Just shout out to him. It was an amazing fight. Still don't know why my man wasn't knocked out. Shout out to Tony. I mean, shout out to um Justin Gagey for taking that knee at the end oh. of the third round. <laughs> I'm surprised he survived that. Gee, honestly, that knee was different. <laughs> yeah, I, I was too. I was too. But yeah, all in all, it was an amazing event for an amazing pay per view. So yeah. Yeah, like overall, like I I enjoyed it. Uh, I was able to somehow find a way to uh, go back and watch it. Uh, but it was really good. I enjoyed this start from finish. Uh, what what? I, there's nothing else I can really say in my casual eyes. Like niggas got their ass whooped. Uh, Francis Nuganu, uh, different breed. Um, I see that nigga in the streets. Um, I'm probably going the other way. Because that's a that's a big ass nigga. That's all I can say in regards to that. But uh but yeah, so that's go ahead. Go ahead. What are you about to say? No, no, I'm Gucci. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh but yeah. So also uh Shayna Baser is going crazy with the bars to uh on Raw right now. Uh she literally told Natalia before they match, the Heart Dynasty dies with you. Uh she is wilding. <laughs> she is legit wilding right now. But uh moving on. Uh but yeah, so moving on to the NBA side of things. So this past week the NBA, at least this past Friday, the NBA has started to reopen up practice facilities for the players. Uh there's only been one confirmed player who went to the said facility, and that was Kevin Love of the Keep Yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers and his exact quote was it was pretty odd but other than that it was like regular like individual workout pretty much so shout out to Kevin Love for uh even though your team is not making it to the playoffs but you showing you got heart and you want to at least stay in shape in basketball shape and all of that it makes me wonder if you have a basketball hoop at your career but uh facilities are back open um and the Lakers, I believe the Lakers, I guess the Clippers as well as falls double for them. Uh, the plan is for the, their facilities to open up next week as well, or this upcoming week, uh, where players, well, they said they will be able to test all uh, people who walk in and out, I guess. So the players, coaches, all that good stuff. So your thoughts? I don't really have. I don't. I don't I, this this whole practice facility stuff. I, I don't really. I don't have anything to say about it. That's like above me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like opinions on it. That's like. Where do I stand? I stand in. I think the NBA has some of the best, like, in terms of like front office. And I'm not talking about and like players. I'm talking about as a league, the league front office. In any sport, so I think what they're doing is 
influx in sports back in because of TV contracts and not because of uh, player safety, bro, because TV contracts are a thing and they need that money. And I know the players are going to look at it. If they don't get that money, then the CBA can probably get messed up with all this type of stuff. So, like I said, this is an above me type thing. Um, So, um, yeah, I I hope my – my wish for all of this is that nothing bad comes out of it. I miss basketball. Yeah, we all do. That is, I think, everybody's prayer. Uh, but, yeah, like, it's good to see that facilities are open. Well, I, it's good, but it's good to see that the NBA is starting to push progress in the sense of, look, we at least want to try our hardest to get this stuff back going. And the next thing we're going to pretty much, we'll have, the next events. Uh, really shows that they're well on the road at least uh, is Adam Silver talked with the NBA Players Association membership or union whatever that included I, I'm pretty sure it's not all the players because they really the funny thing is like when you read it it's implied they talked to all the players there's no way in hell that you had okay hold on let me do this quick math real quick let me put the calculator Let's see 15 players on the team even though like most of them are what you'll call it. It's what, 30 teams in the NBA? About 30 teams, I believe. Uh, 450 players. So, I highly doubt that he talked to damn near 450 players. But the uh, main players in the uh, in the players union who run it, he talked to them, plus Michelle Roberts, who is the head of it. And they pretty much talked about at least like silver list to the concerns of the players on top of explaining what his plans are. Notable stuff that uh, was mentioned was silver told players that the playoffs, the hope is that the playoffs will include a seven game series in every round. He told players that those series could move faster without the need for travel, staying in the single site, Orlando and Vegas. My initial thoughts on this, my nigga football, I don't want to see first rounds last three weeks at this point. And I'm sure the players don't either. You do not want to compete with the NFL at this point. You do not. Because the longer your playoffs last, the more you touch a football season. And America loves football more than the NBA. So I'm just going to leave that there. So I prefer just going uh, best best of five, best of five, then go seven. Uh, My initial thoughts. Either way, moving on, uh, unless you have something to say in regards to that statement. Nah. All right. Uh, Then Silver told players he believes each of the 30 30 owners wants to play again this season, despite suggesting to to make him to call a short-term financial advantage for some teams not to resume. He called owners competitors. I'll call cap on this because we already heard Steve Kerr, uh, as a coach, say, Look, we already out the goddamn playoffs. We don't really care if we play or not. So I'll call Cap on that because literally it's Steve goddamn Curry. He's not an owner, but I'm sure it's like if I'm an owner, I'm like, look, G. Or even if I'm an owner, I'm looking at it like, look, if I'm the Bulls, well, the Bulls trying to clean house. So it's like it's a different situation. Bulls is a poor example. Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm the Cavaliers. I'm like, nigga, we trying to figure out if we – if with the money that we're going to have left or going to salary cap is worth keeping Andre Drummond at this point. So 
I highly doubt they're thinking about finish up this season. So that's but also thin complications. Uh, Silver explained to players why the league wouldn't allow teams to private team jets to bring players worried about commercial travel back with voluntary workouts. He cited trying to manage competitive advantage among teams as one of his reasons. Stupid. Um, if the season were to resume, players wanted a safer way back into the markets. Silver did leave open the possibility that that would be addressed again. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to see what else. Uh, players did seem appreciative of Silver hearing them out. And also that Orlando and Vegas were pretty much the places that, and pretty much Silver confirmed that Orlando slash Disney World and Las Vegas is where they are hoping to have the finish the seasons at. So that's that pretty I think Las Vegas is going to be that spot because the UFC trying to go back there too. They're trying to go back home. I'm not mad at it. Um, uh, it's all up to the mayor, though. Like once the I mean the governor, once the governor say cool, they in there. Yeah, I definitely agree, and uh, it's already. And I think I think it was MGM Grand. They already uh, offered the NBA the entire block of the strip. So for players, for God, all the teams really? and the players. So keep that in mind. <laughs> that's that's like, hey, we're giving you an entire block. Or at least a big ass portion of the strip, and the strip is really goddamn big. So, and Vegas trying to get that NBA money, so I don't even blame them. Uh, once again, nothing. I would say this goes back to there's nothing really clear cut yet with the NBA. Uh, I feel like the main thing. I think it's a good thing that for one WWE that we haven't at least heard nothing major bad happen which is giving like other leagues some hope and then UFC I feel like between now and maybe the next week or two as long as none of the competitors caught anything I think it's good and I think the MLB is supposed to be doing something today or really announcing something today or tomorrow regarding what they're going to do so i think based off those plans i think dictate what the nba does that's just how i look at it but i it's the nba is just in the toughest situation they have to finish they trying to figure out how to finish this damn season like they kind of probably had the toughest so but i want basketball back but i also care about the player safety and also, not even just the player safety, but we got to remember that uh, a lot of these coaches are over 50 <laughs> as well. So, they're probably the most likely people to be in- concerned. So, they, I think the NBA has to factor in how to protect the coaches as well. So, and referees, because a lot of them referees are old as hell too. So, it's a lot of stuff the NBA got to figure out in terms of just making sure everybody remains safe when they do decide to continue. Uh, last day, I know you didn't watch uh, last week's episode, I mean, this past, this week's episode of Last Dance, right? Yeah. I, this one, um, so I tried to watch it through ESPN Plus, but it's not on there either. But this this one, in general, bro, like, I, I all I know is about that one player and Jordan had a baseball bat talking to himself. 
So like, I, that's all I do. like. This is not something I can go off of my knowledge of yes. what I think happened. So like, and apparently that was a classic episode too. So yeah, it, it, this yeah. this week's episode is really good. It really sucks that next week is over with. Uh, so oh, they foreign ESPN plus. I don't know why the hell this document is not on there. You figure that shit out. But um, but I will say this that overall the this ep- this this week's episode seven and eight were really good. It really, like, of course, it went into like his Jordan. I mean, Jordan's uh, father getting murdered, his baseball, his slight small baseball career, him coming back, uh, and also one thing I would say went to his leadership mentality as well. And overall, I really enjoyed this one. It was a lot of jokes in terms of just like you really, really have to accept the fact Michael Jordan is a psychopath, but in terms of just. People say he won't be able to endure the bullshit that happens in this era. I think this episode clear-cutly said bullshit because the man literally won a championship while knowing uh, had the gambling situation going on in the midst of it, in the playoffs, in the midst of it as well. Uh, Even though, yeah, he retired because his daddy got clapped, uh, him coming back... Said and while that's still on his mind and mourning, and also doing freaking good in baseball. On top of it, if you if you base Jordan's baseball career off how he was acting on Space Jam, that was kind of cap because that man literally, like some of his stats was wild. And the man went on a thirteen game hitter streak in baseball as a minor leaguer. Either way, but that's still freaking good. Just starting going thirteen games hitting is really freaking good. Um. One thing I did, what was it? It just popped in my mind. Oh yeah, when he start, when he came back and was recording Space Jam, this is another reason why Michael Jordan's a damn psychopath. He so we already know like Patrick Ewing, uh, Charles Barkley, Muggsy Bogues, and Sean Bradley, and Larry Johnson was on the movie. Mike for one asked them to build a gym with a basketball court and a workout facility. For him, and they did that. But also on top of it, he used it to tell to other players, "Hey, come on, slide so we can play basketball, G." While filming, and he used that to scout or get new scouting reports on play uh, like all the hot players at that time and like in the during the third three peat era. And niggas fell for the jig, bro. Niggas fell for the jig. Also, Dennis Rodman was there. Michael George secretly recruited that nigga. We need to have a dialogue about that because Mike was out here recruiting niggas like his name was Draymond Green and in, in, uh, Golden State Warriors. Stay woke. Stay woke, my niggas. But uh, I really enjoyed this week's episode, though. Uh, also, uh, on either my Twitter or uh, Threes for the Ring Twitter, you're going to see a lot of Rand- I mean Reggie Miller slander. Uh, a lot of Reggie Miller slander. Because the episode ended with him saying, I'm going to retire Michael Jordan. And I was like, you know what? Reggie Miller, you ain't shit. But I don't want to be disrespectful because we're going to rank the top 15 shooting guards. And I actually have Reggie Miller at a respectable spot. But, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed like, well, this episode. Like I'm going to be the one getting disrespectful. Oh, well, we, look, man. <laughs> I think I look I like G. Wild list might be a little outrageous to some people, G. I don't know. We'll see. But uh 
But yeah, I really enjoyed this week's episode. It was really freaking good. Uh, really, really, really good onto like Michael's mental, especially during that hard time in his life. Also, just so you, uh, just so I give you context on Michael Jordan, listen to Joe while swinging a baseball bat with a cigar in mouth. Uh, that was because B.J. Armstrong, former teammate, uh, doing what was the ninety? It was the ninety six uh uh ninety six playoffs. He was on the Hornets. Context: B.J. Armstrong. Because of so much goddamn expansion in the NBA at that point, which is also why some people believe like Michael Jordan uh, and the Bulls breeze through a lot of teams because expansion drives, you have to protect certain players from getting drafted from other teams, which is weird to keep, I guess, competitive balance. The Bulls did not protect B.J. Armstrong, and B.J. Armstrong was pissed, I guess. And B.J. Armstrong was really good. Like, he was really good. Um, No cap. He did make an all-star team while Mike wasn't going, was was retired, so he was solid. But um, so I guess he hooped. He had a moment where he hooped Jordan up to the moon, and he gamed them niggas as well. <laughs> and he's talk. He was talking that shit, and Mike wasn't too happy about it. And while listening to Joe, and uh, with a baseball bat in hand, he said, "I'm gonna lock that nigga down." And he did lock that nigga down. Like, he did send that man to God. And it also further proves that Michael Jordan is a psychopath because he used that moment as motivation to send that man to God. So, yeah. So that's the context in regards to that. Um, But, yeah. So, but yeah, this week's episode really good. It's really unfortunate next week is going to be over with. Uh really is going to be really unfortunate but let's go ahead and move on to our top 15 shooting guards list uh all i'm gonna say is that this is probably going to get really really probably toxic um in the early parts because toxic. we are we're all in agreement between me and you michael jordan kobe and d wade is one and three right one through three thank you can you do what i said we in agreement that michael jordan kobe and d wade is one through three Oh, yeah, of course. All right, cool. So, nothing to really add in regards to that. So, we're still going to mention at the end, but that's 3-2-1. I feel like that's undisputed at this point. It's not like power forward. Yes. Yeah, so, number 15, uh, well, let me mention some honorable mentions. Uh, honorable mentions, we're going to mention Gail Goodrich, man. Uh, Gail Goodrich was out here in these streets. Uh, doing that thing, he was part of Jerry. What he was Jerry West number two until what Chamberlain got there. Uh, what else did I want to add in regards to him? Nothing really. Also, uh, give Rip Hamilton some respect. Rip Hamilton was a really talented shooting guard during the two uh, thousands. Uh, one of the best defensive shooting guards as well, and had a really good mid range and was probably one of the most unstoppable and cutting niggas in the league. Also, I uh, feel like I'm forgetting somebody else. No, that's it. Oh, that's off. Those are my honorable mentions. Anybody you want honorable mention? Um, yeah, it actually was somebody with the honorable mention. Who the f- is it? Joe Dumas. Oh yeah, there we go. That's what I was thinking of. Joe Dumas is an honorable mention. He was close to making his list, but. I'm sorry. Yeah, he definitely was supposed to make it comfortable. 
Yeah, he he. I just didn't feel comfortable putting him in. Uh, it was somebody else. I just can't. I'm thinking. Yeah, I can't think of nobody. But yeah, so Joe Dumars was really, really close, really close. But uh, number fifteen, Mitch Richmond. Uh, Mitch Richmond. Uh, number fifteen for me is. No, go ahead. My bad. I was. Uh, I thought we were about to go bullet style. Oh no, but uh, yeah. To me, Mitch Richmond, uh, very very underrated shooting guard in the nineties. If the fact that he wasn't playing during the same time as Michael Jordan, he would probably get a lot more respect. He was ass defensively. He was really freaking booty cheeks defensively, <laughs> but offensively he was he was different. G like I enjoy, like Mitch Richmond was one of my favorite players to play with on NBA Live as a kid. I don't know why. I think it was because his name was Mitch Richmond. So just as a kid, names like that ring off. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, this dude must be cold. But he was really good. Um, he does have a ring. He knows a pat, way past your prime ring with the Lakers. Uh, and also all-star MVP, five-time all-NBA, and a rookie of the year. So shout out to Mitch Richmond. I forgot Mitch Rich Richmond on my list. So I got somebody that you ain't got. You got somebody that I ain't got. Probably. Uh, and which is Mitch Richmond. I f- totally forgot him. So you could throw him in my honorable mentions. But you know I'm starting to real toxic when I say Jerry West is my 15. Jerry West is a point guard to me. But I'm, I'm not mad Look, that bro, you have him on there. I'm, I'm not mad. But to me, Jerry West is a point guard. He's been on that shooting guard. All right. Okay. Rich Richmond is my 15 then. God darn it. I'm not mad. Like he, like okay. Look, Jerry West is such a weird thing because it's like I view him as the '60s Allen Iverson. Like, it's like the AI thing, but in the freaking '60s. Yeah, that's why I say he's the '60s Iverson. Whereas, like that nigga was a point guard. If you look at his stat lines, that nigga was a point guard. It was just they said he's a shooting guard, but some niggas think he was a point guard. So it's Jerry West is a tricky situation. So. To me, he's an honorable mention. Like, I'm not mad he's in your list, though. I'm not mad at all. So, And we talked about Jerry West. No, no, we're going to go Mitch Richmond because I forgot about him. Mitch Richmond is Mitch Richmond cold, too, so. Yeah, and, like, this nigga averaged 24 his career. Like, legit average, a smooth 24 his whole career. Uh, was hooping. But uh, moving on, number 14, Clay Thompson. Uh, not, like, gee, Clay has potential to probably get higher <laughs> on his list. He probably, if, let's put it this way. If this nigga did not decide to dunk on a fast break, he will be finals MVP. He will have another ring. And he will have a finals MVP. I really believe because literally Clay, Clay makes a break that Warriors team that during the finals last year. Uh, and it showed once he left the court and when he wasn't on the court. But um, but yeah, G Clay, arguably the second, third, first, depending who you talking to, he is a top four shooter of all time. Cause I I put respect on uh Ray Allen's name in this situation still, but um, one of the best shooters in the game ever, five time all five time All Star, uh, two time All NBA, which is tough because and he is all. I'm surprised he only has made one All Defensive team which is disrespectful to how good he is as a defender but uh 
But Clay always been one of my favorite Warriors, though. Like, I always had respect for Clay. Uh, as much as I hate that team and the uh, other light skinned nigga he plays with, but um, but Clay deserves a lot more respect when it comes to just like when you think of him as an all time shooting guard. I think in my book, and he has some of the most craziest scoring feats, not just shooting feats, but scoring feats we've seen probably ever. So, give Clay his respect, G. He's number fourteen. So that's so spoiler alert, that's why Clay Thompson is higher on my list for what all you just said. The second best shooting all time on as a shooting guard can't be fourteen. I the just problem, can't see and that. The, the reason why uh, he's it's just because I want, of the, I want Clay to be higher, but it would be lovely if he did it on his own if he did it as undisputed number one option. But I think a shooting guard and other than the God darn the big three that we got at the top. Shooting guards usually are here to be paired with somebody. Like yeah. all the great shooting guards, except for like the big three on the top, eventually got paired with some, Ray Allen got paired with who he got paired with. Even though he was able to do it on the team, he he, he wasn't he, he 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 never was even though he was the guy, he never won one because he was the guy. And so like even way he got paired with somebody. You know, that's why I mean, like, the shooting guards is a good compliment because most of the time you pay them and they're able to shoot the lights up and also play defense for the point guard that can't shoot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get, so, I get where you're coming from. I'm not mad um, at it. I'm not mad at that team. But um, for me, it's Pistol. And just because he got a raw nickname, look, I'm going to keep a <laughs> buck with you. Chris can probably got Pistol Pete stats because he probably next on his list. Um, Actually not. So, uh, yeah, Pistol. Oh, uh, yeah, Pistol Pete. Uh, it's funny because he only really played – he didn't play that long, believe it or not. Like, he only had a – he legit had a 10-year uh, career. Um, only played in the league for 10 years. But for his – dang it for his whole career, he was cold as hell. Uh, average 31 for one season. Uh, five-time All-Star, scoring champ, four-time All-NBA. So, within like a – 10-year span, he had a really good career. The only thing he doesn't have is a championship, but it'd be that way. But he also did beat George Gervin in uh, in a game of horse. So uh, put respect on Pistol Pete. But only thing that is a negative is he probably has one of the worst haircuts I've ever seen in my whole goddamn life for a white boy. But uh, he did that thing. So shout out to but Pistol the, Pete. The mustache, the mustache, the mustache complimented that haircut. It did. No cap. No cap it did. So... He figured it out. But, yeah, shout out to Pistol Pete, though. Um, but Pistol Pete is an example of how I don't know what the hell they were doing to these players in the goddamn late 70s. I mean, what well, the 70s where niggas was just dying, where talented players were just dying because uh, if I'm looking at how many games he played after he led the league in scoring, and it's at, also that year he, he, play, he played 41 minutes a game, by the way. But – the seasons afterwards, 50 games, 49 games, 43, 17, and 26 games. They were killing this man. Like, they were murdering him, G. Man. I don't know what the hell he was going through, but prayers to Pistol Pete, G. And I really hope that you're able. Well, he did die. He died young. He died at 40. What was that? 
they worked that man, G. Press the pistol, Pete. In this yeah, match. they worked him. Yeah, they worked that man. Uh, uh, so I actually got. Can we? Can I ask a question for you, real quick? Go ahead. Um, Brandon Roy, your honorable mention. Yeah, we can throw him as honorable for mention. you. Yeah, he's honorable mention. He's honorable okay. mention. Okay, I want to make sure because I was reading. I, I was reading my list over, and I saw Ray Allen's name, and then I was like, "Crap, Roy, Ray." Then I then I thought to myself, "He honorable mention because his injuries, you know, yeah. like." But talking about uh, injuries, Brandon yeah. Roy is a prime example of injuries cutting what could have been a very great career short like a mug. But yeah, so uh, I, plus people was your fourteen, right? You heard me, huh? Pistol Pete was your fourteen, right? Yeah, Pistol was my fourteen. All right, so thirteen. Yeah, Tracy got damn McGrady. Tracy McGrady's thirteen on his list. Uh, hey. that, we're getting all the way negative in this motherfucker. G, let's get it. Uh, but yeah, T Mac G. Uh, look, man, I love T Mac as a kid, bro. I like T Mac more than I like Kobe at one point, bro. But T-Mac has put on, like Clay Thompson, during his time, some amazing scoring feats, bro. But as somebody who I respect in the podcast field said in their podcast, T-Mac hasn't played after Mother's Day, has, doesn't have done, hasn't done nothing significant after Mother's Day. Also, by the way, happy Mother's Day to any mothers and you, our listeners' mothers uh, who are listening. Ha- appreciate you guys. Happy belated Mother's Day. But T-Mac hasn't done nothing after Mother's Day as a highlight of his career, ever. Nothing. Nada. So, when you think about that, G, yes, does he get buckets? Most definitely. If you like highlights and buckets during a regular season and first round, T-Mac is that guy. But the man literally just doesn't have it, bro. (laughs) It's just like as somebody as we respect and put at such a high level, there's people who argue that the man isn't a Hall of Famer, bro. Even though, to me, he is a Hall of Famer. But his accomplishments are really goddamn lacking. He's, like, in terms of, like, his situation. Like, seven-time All-Star, cool. Seven-time All-NBA, cool. And can they, do they break down? Is it, no. Two-time scoring champ, great. And, and he has the most improved player. Great. But. T Mac has Not never really got out the first round as the leader of his own team. And that is the downside of his entire career. And that's what keeps him from getting in, in, any higher on this list. Like, that's the main reason why I have his cousin ahead of him, is because T Mac has not been able to do it on his own, get past the first round on his own. And then the one time that he did see a finals, that nigga was sitting on the bench as another shooting guard who was higher on this list. Was literally uh, shaving points. So, T Mac, you're 13. We have the utmost respect for you, though. You're a really great player. Mem- one of the most important players of the uh, goddamn t- early 2000s, bro. Like, respect. Uh, um, so, everything you said, everything you said, that's it. I <laughs> like, and plus, the, the biggest award that man ever had, and no offense. But for as much people put him on top, other than scoring titles, but a lot of niggas got scoring titles. Westbrook got a scoring title. Um, 
My man, the biggest award he ever got was a most improved. Yeah. Can't, can't respect it. Yeah, it's like, gee, we, like, it's like as we grow up and we watch more basketball, like, go back and think, look at things, T-Mac is probably, it might be disrespectful to say, but he might be one of the more overrated players of his era. Not to be that mean or bogus, but in terms of how we view T-Mac, he might be slightly overrated. Just saying. Just saying. Number 12, uh, Vince Carter. Um, It's unfortunate that he is better Yo, than his Yo, our list member. is darn near the same, bro. Oh, hey, cool. Uh, But, yeah, I, I wasn't trying to, like, it just came off better to just say Vince Carter was better. Uh, he held a whole country down to itself as long as he could. And I also believe he did take his team uh, to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals before as well. It, or at the very most, he's seen uh, seen past the first round. I definitely know that for sure. And he has uh, highlights and moments after Mother's Day. So, but just to, like, I just don't want to make Vince Carter just sound like a nigga who just had crazy dunks and he dunked on niggas because he was so much more than that. Like, Vince Carter, yeah, the dunk contest is like, his crown achievement that we're always going to remember Vince Carter for, but that man used to hoop niggas up to the moon, G. Vince Carter used to hoop niggas up, bro. And he, and like, I don't want to bring up that damn Raptors team because I looked at it and I got sick. Uh, his best player, I think his second best player was Antonio Davis, if I recall correctly. And he did more with trash than he did, than his cousin did. It's really unfortunate, but Vince Carter and he also had a, lo- a very long career as well. A very long career. Like, it's to the point where we outright wanted Vince Carter to go somewhere and get a ring. We outright, that's what we all wanted. But he want, but Vince Carter tried, decided to go his own road. I guess he didn't want to just be an asshole to his cousin. I get it. But either way, uh, Vince Carter, name just uh, list his achievements. I didn't even pull up his basketball reference yet. But just Vince Carter was different g uh two time band effect well okay his his stuff isn't as better than uh trace mcgrady's but because yeah t-mac had, is i feel like t-mac was the more popular player that's probably why but um i feel like as an overall player though vince carter was a lot better and it showed why his game was uh to his game extended as long as it did to me like even though he has a he's only a two time All NBA and does have a rookie of the year, but I feel like Prime Vince Carter did so much, bro. Did so much for like Toronto. Hello, can you hear me? Hold on. Yeah, I'm can you listening. Hear me? Oh, okay, I thought my thing cut off. I'm, but I'm Vince you, Carter. Yeah, I'm just listening. You you spin facts. Oh yeah, but now because my sound went off for a second, so I thought. But um, but yeah, Vince Carter just did more for a country as a whole, and like to like to me, he just had a longer game. Like there's points where after the nigga left, he was still averaging twenty with the Nets. Uh, like literally, he didn't start. At, he didn't really start outright saying, "Yo, Vince Carter's trash" until 2014, so six years ago. And at that point, he was sitting on benches. <laughs> 
like we wasn't really checking for Vince Carter like that. But overall, must utmost respect to Vince Carter though. Like he is better than T Mac to me, and it's a dialogue that people just need to embrace. So, and I would just like to say this personally, for me and for you to argue me how high I got that light skinned nigga on my list. A chip means a lot, especially because of how how top heavy the shooting guard thing is, right? Yeah. So I think everybody except for one, two people, three actually, and this is because either they was the second or third best player in the league at that time. So I just went for it, but I, I, I explain it when I have to, you know, debate with you. I'm a, I get where you're coming from, and it's I definitely do. Because it's like, it factored a lot for, for one, that is why Clay is on this list. It is the main, re- oh yeah, honorable mention, David Thompson. There we go. That's who I was thinking of. David Thompson didn't make this list. But Yeah, again, that's another one too. Because only, but because, you know, I was born in 1996. So, all I, the, the fact that the only thing I do know is my, um, it's his 71%, 71 point game. Uh, and, is I can't I can't uh what you call it with that. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it's just like I'm not about to throw a nigga in the seventies like it it's like at least I've seen I I've I've came up on Pistol Pete highlights. My dad speaks highly of Pistol Pete. Uh and my dad has mentioned yes. David Thompson. It's just not like how Pistol Pete, bro. And then Pistol Pete arguably is to some people like had handles so like i think more people talk up pistol pete in terms of what he did for basketball more than he did david top than they do david thompson so that is why pistol pete is one of the few niggas who played pre-80s on his list but moving on uh but as i was saying though like that like clay's rings get him on there but also the main reason why, to me, that I didn't put them higher is because some of the players on this list. Because arguably, for a second, I wanted to put them in front of T Mac. For a second, honestly, I might just I might you know what? Fuck it. Clay Clay's thirteen on my list, uh, so he moved up just one. But all the other players did it on their own teams. All the other players did it on their own teams. They led their own teams. And yes, Clay was the number two option to Steph Curry for his whole damn career. But for me, it's still like I don't see you winning without Steph. Like we've seen like when Steph was out, Clay Clay does his thing. But it's just we know full well that he's not winning championships without Steph Curry. It's like it's kinda like Scotty. Whereas, like, we have the utmost respect for Scotty, but, and we know, like, they need each other to win, but it's like, we know full well that you can't do it without Steph. Or you wouldn't be, like, it's like, yeah. the biggest question with Clay is, we would love to see Clay as, a, as, a, as numero uno, as, as the alpha, and all of that. And it's just like, it's just like we know full well that it's probably not going to be the same. I love to play like a 
So, yeah, but it's like regardless as a number two, that's why I feel comfortable putting him on his list. Because And also, like, he has feats where it's just like some of these other niggas don't even have and they're higher, but at the same time, it's just like we know why you was able to do that shit. But it's also because you're also a top, arguably top three, top four shooter of all time. So you have to be on the list. So, yeah, it's a lot of factors when it comes to Clay. But, like, that's why I don't want to have him too close to 10, but I feel comfortable, like, at the range I have him. All right, so where we at? <laughs> because we went uh, on the cap, like, a detour. I, I was, oh, I had Vince Carter at 12, and I think you had him at 12, right? So we're on yeah. 11. All right, so, so who we got next? I just didn't want to lose track. Yeah, so my number 11 is Pistol Pete. We are I already talked about him, so. Oh, I respect you, bro. So my number 11 is uh, Manu. I see you got Manu high. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> uh, reason, uh, reason, Matt, reason Manu is not, you know I love Manu. But the reason Manu not as high as for me is because I think him being a third, we respect the closing, right? No cap. We're going to respect the, him being a, the closer. But um, honestly, for me, it's the... um. It's the fact that he was the third before before the fourth quarter. He was the third, uh, the third, the third best player, and um, I, I think his longevity speaks a lot to his career. Yeah, but and I think he, you know, as much as I hype him up better than a lot of people' favorite players, which he is, um. I honestly can't have him better than some of the people I do have him as. So. I get where you're yeah. coming from. Uh, I, I'm going to go in more detail on why I have Ginobili where, at, where he's at but once I uh, once we get there. But uh, the four championships mean a lot. And he has all NBAs as well. So, <laughs> and while coming off the bench. But uh, moving on, Reggie Miller is number 10. Uh so this that uh unless you where do you have Reggie Miller unless you have him higher. Yeah, he's right. He's right there. Our list is the same, bro. Okay. Uh but either way and we he's right how, you, how, yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh what can I say? Reggie Oh, uh, you got you got Reggie while I got Manu. I got Reggie above Manu. Just No, oh, I got Reggie at 10. Wait. Yeah, I have Reggie at 10. 15, 14, 13, 11, 10. Yeah, I got yeah, I got Reggie at 9. Oh, okay. Well, we'll just knock this out. Uh Reggie Miller, uh look, you can't I can't really call Reggie Miller overrated. I won't even call him underrated. Uh Reggie Miller's a unique case. Five time all star, three time all NBA. Respect. Um, but for his prime years, and I will say during his prime years, which I'm about to look at, statistically, his prime years was 1989 and 90 through, let's go with 96, were his prime years. I'm going to say, say his prime years was 90, 1989 through 96 was his prime years. 
during that time frame, nobody was checking for Reggie Miller, bro. Nobody was checking for Reggie Miller during yeah. that time frame. Now, he has had moments towards the end of his prime where I feel like more people say, oh, yeah, Reggie Miller, G. But you telling me there was a time frame where you were pretty much you was the, you was coming off the bench. You should be coming off the bench for Mike in the All-Star game for the East. But you only made the All-Star game five times. I'm confused. Very fucking confused. Because <laughs> somebody, like, gee, like, you t- like, I don't know what years he didn't make the All-Star game because they only said five. But you telling me, I'm pretty sure he made the All-Star game this year in, in 1989-90. The nigga had, was averaging freaking 25. 25 and... Ooh, boy. Um, did he ever have a 50-40-90 season? I'm just curious. Yes, he did. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, wait, no, wait. Yeah, he actually did have a 50 No, I agree. And I don't think he had a 50-40-90 season. No what? Eek. That says a lot. But, um... But either way, you uh, like you average 20, 25 for a season, twenty three. Yo, really, these assist numbers are trash. By the way, um, twenty two. You averaged on the cusp of twenty for a couple seasons, twenty one, twenty one. Then back on the cusp of twenty, and then never went back over twenty. Once, like once his team was a legitimate threat. When they added Chris Mullen, Mark Jackson, and Rick Smith started becoming an actual thing, uh, and. It's like, gee, we w- nobody wasn't checked for Reggie until like the late nineties, to me, at least. That's just how I grew up on Reggie Miller, me personally. Now, am I? Could I be wrong? I don't fucking know. I wasn't born until ninety three, but I have a father who literally did not talk to me about Reggie Miller until he met Michael Jordan in ninety seven. So. <laughs> Well, we're going with this, but uh, and also the nigga think he's too good for two K. I'm like, nigga, you're not Charles Barkley, uh. So I have a problem with that as well, cause nigga, you'll be a smooth ass 89 based off these stats. But uh, still, Reggie Miller top six shooter of all time. <laughs> but also, fortunately, he's the second best player in the household <laughs> because his sister is a lot better than him, and he openly admitted that his sister hoops him up. So. You got to hold that L as well. But shout out to your loyalty. Also, shout out to Ron Artest because he really did ruin your best chance of probably winning a championship because Shaq and Kobe wasn't in the way. But Ron Artest ran into the stands that season. So that went down the drain quickly. But shout out to Reggie Miller, though, G. Uh, really shout out to Reggie, G. Um, still, I have no respect for you. I have no respect for your three-time All-NBAs. I have no respect for your five-time All-Stars. But I have respect for you as a shooter, though. And also going to Madison Square Garden and beating the Knicks in eight seconds. But that's also the Knicks being the Knicks. So, uh, who's your number 10? Uh, So, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, two. No, no, no. Hold on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I had Reggie Miller at 
So it's 15, 16, 17, 18. Wait, no, it's 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10. Oh, I had Reggie at 10 too. Oh, cool. Uh, oh, yeah, I had uh, Reggie above my name. So you can go to yours, this. All right, number nine is Ray Allen. Uh, Ray Allen, man. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Oh, okay. Um, um wait, why you, you had, where you had Ray Allen? I got Ray Allen above Clay. Oh, okay. Anyway, but, uh, Ray Allen, uh, I'm just going to knock it out now. Uh, once again, one of the greatest shooters of all time, uh, had, uh, is also a factor Bro. in why, what? What? Uh, did they defuse? Defuse? Oh, you're talking about something else. But Yo, um, so it was zero zero. Mm. Uh. Anyway, Ray Allen. Uh. Shout out to Ray Allen. He has one of the most iconic shots in, in history. And also, uh, yeah, one of the most iconic shots in playoff history. Plus, also. He's also one of the main reasons why Paul Pierce has a championship because Paul Pierce needed some help. But we need to talk about that a lot more because that nigga's a bitch. But shout out to Ray Allen for helping uh, Paul Pierce get his championship because uh, he sacrificed a lot. Uh, people forget that Ray Allen uh, was more than a damn shooter. There was a point where he was athletic as hell, was booming niggas. He also did, I think he took the Bucks to Easter Conference Finals one season. Yeah, he did. That was the year uh, Iverson. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, because Iverson uh, beat them that year, I believe. So he did take a team to the Easter Conference Finals because that Bucks team was really good. Uh, and like Ray Allen was different. G. Uh, he does have beef with Kobe Bryant, like that nobody talks about enough. But uh, but that's we're gonna put that to the grave. Uh, but. Ray Allen, G, like, there's nothing else to really say. And also, it was in one of the best basketball movies of all time. So, we know, we, we have the most respect for that guy, G. So, that's my number nine. All right, so we on eight, right? Who's your number so nine? So, it's Clay for me. Um, Now, reason Clay is there is, like I said, championships outweigh a lot in my book when it comes to that. And not only that, he has a couple of, other than anybody else, I don't think Reggie Miller, I mean, not, yeah, I don't think Reggie, Manu, Vince, T-Mac, Pistol, or Jerry Rex has a record in the record books. Um, he does. Uh, he also has beaten the best shooter in, in a three-point shooter contest. I don't care if that is an extra game. He has done that. He has as many all-stars Almost, almost as many odd stars as Curry, I think. Um, no, no, don't. He's just all around a great player. Um, not even that, he guards the best guard in, in, in every series that they're in, and he guards them efficiently. Like when Harden getting off in the in the in the times they are in those playoff series, Clay Thompson is guarding them. Or when Dame and CJ is 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 trying to be a dynamic dude, Clay Thompson is guarding them. Um, so nothing but utmost respect for him. Uh, I 
I just he, he's the second best shooter of all time. I would say he's the most accurate shooter of all time. Um, and uh, he got three rings. Um, almost won a Finals MVP. If his Achilles didn't say, I, I mean, if his uh, ACL didn't say, I have to get up out of here real quick. Um, but uh, that's just for me. I think he's better than all of them, skill set wise. Who the heck knows? Because like me, when people talk about like skill sets and stuff like that, like if we compare like somebody like T Mac to Clay, yeah, you you probably can jump out the gym. You probably got some hands and stuff like that, but you still can get your team out the first round. When nobody in their mama, when T Mac was the like when T Mac was declining, when nobody in their mama said, "I need T Mac on my team." Everybody in their mama, when Clay Thompson was becoming a free agent, even though we knew he was coming to go to state, Clay Thompson, we need Clay Thompson here because they he is the ultimate Robin, like how Scotty is, like how all the other Robins was in the league. So, me personally, I, I got him high. I got to have him. High. He got three rings. And he contributed to all of them. Who stopped KD from going against Brown in that finals? You tell me, Chris. You right. You right. I hear you. I like. I respect it. Like I said, I'm not mad at it. Be that way. I'm not mad at it. Like, hey, um, you got anything else to say? No, no, no. You said you said most of everything right. else. Cool. Moving on, uh, my number eight is the Iceman, George Gervin. Um Arguably probably one of the most underrated shooting guards to ever do it in my book. Uh, once again, if he wasn't in my top ten, I think my father would be disappointed in me because he was one of his favorite players growing up. Because, uh, fun fact, for some odd reason, my dad and his friends used to call themselves the Iceman. That was their basketball team. When they like when he used to hoop in Washington Park, was the Iceman. So George Gervin inspired that shit. So, hey, but um, but yeah, man, George Gervin probably one of the most underrated shooting guards. Uh, also, he just happened to run to Magic Johnson in that stacked ass Lakers team in that Western Conference. That was absolutely booty cheeks. So he could do nothing with the Spurs. Unfortunately, <laughs> it be that way sometimes. Literally. People like we don't. I was I was going. Well, I don't know how they mentioned it, but the West was absolutely booty cheeks in the eighties. G. That is why the that's why the Lakers got there as often as they did. G. So, yeah. But um, George Gervin, uh, one of the best scorers ever. Excuse me. He also played in the ABA as well. Um. Uh, two time All ABA, seven time All NBA, four time scoring champ. For his career, he is averaging he averaged twenty five for his whole entire career, which is a freaking crazy accomplishment. Uh, I think his highest average was thirty three in nineteen eighty, and he averaged also at thirty two in nineteen eighty two. Nick was different, bro, in terms of scoring, bro. I want I want to keep a buck real quick, Chris. Yes. Um. It is let the, the some of the viewers know who get like confused with how the league is this day. Back then, it was extremely hard to average thirty points, dog. Yes, <laughs> like and like it, in this day and age, probably it's still hard to do it in this day and age. But especially back then, it was hard to average thirty points. Yep, and also he really wasn't like even though my dad said he was a respectable, like he was a good shooter. 
if looking at his three point percentage, even though shooting is much more deeper than three points, but so he had a, he had must have a hell of a mid range. But bro, the man was averaging thirty. Like what? What's which one's the thirty three season? Nineteen eighty. He only attempted one three a game. He was only attempting one three. Yes, it's a different wow. era, but gee, uh, and either he in the free and he wasn't wasn't even trying to use get to the free throw line either because he only averaged like seven seven point six free throws. So like he wasn't like getting to the line super crazy either, but uh, in terms of scoring, like George Gervin was literally unstoppable at it. He was going to get buckets whether you liked it or not, and even in his final season with Chicago Bulls where he helped mentor young Michael Jordan in the Bulls locker room that was supposedly doing cocaine parties. Uh, he still averaged a smooth 16. So, shout out to uh, Dice Man, George Gervin, number eight. Uh, so, so, like, I ain't even gonna cap, bro. You should just probably go with Joe List now because, like, how it is is like I got Ray, then I got George, and we just all got we just got done talking about that. So you might as well, and I think everybody know who's next. <laughs> uh, but you might as well say it; it's pretty much the same. Ah, so uh, my number seven is Emmanuel David Ginobili, aka Manu Ginobili. Uh, so Muggs is probably sitting there wondering why the fuck do I got this nigga so high on my list? Especially after I said, uh, hey, he was, uh, Clay wasn't the number one option on his team. Yes, very true. Nor was Manu, but there was a point where he was the number one perimeter option on on Spurs team because Tony Parker didn't really become good, good until, well, I would say he didn't become better than Manu until maybe 2007. But also, Tony Parker had to look at goddamn Booby Gibson as a goddamn threat in that finals. So, let's talk about that. Either way, Ginobili, uh, we already slightly talked about it. Um, was slightly two-time All-Star, yeah, because literally you're not about to get in as a guard in the West back then. Because Kobe Bryant was a thing. And T-Mac eventually joined the West, and he was still in All-Stars. And... I feel like somebody else. Steve Nash as a guard. It was guards in the West regardless. So Manu wasn't going to get in unless the Spurs had a crazy record. But um, four-time champ, two-time All-NBA coming off the bench and has a six-man. So we had to put respect on this man's name. Not only that, but he was pretty much the closer uh, for those Spurs teams for most other 2000s. And, that is, and they won, like, what, four titles during that run time frame. So factor that, too. Uh... But also, we have to put respect on the fact that Ginobili was, did beat Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, Stephon Marbury. Who else was on that team? I look, matter of fact, we're going to look at who's on this, that, the notorious bronze gold medal team. 2004 Dream Team. Even though that team wasn't much of a dream, but who was on this team? Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, here we go. Allen Iverson, Stephon Marbury. Uh, Dwayne Wade doesn't count because he didn't play. Carlos Boozer. Melo doesn't count because he didn't play. LeBron don't count because he didn't play. Mecca Okafor was on his goddamn team. Stephon Marbury. Uh, 
Amar Stoudemire, Tim Duncan, Lamar Odom, Richard Jefferson were all on this team, and he beat them niggas. The key people on this team that he did beat, Stephon Marbury, Allen Iverson, Tim Duncan. He whooped their ass. So, and hooked them up to the goddamn moon and won a gold medal. I have, that carries a lot of weight because you still beat a fusion, you still beat a fusion of an all-star team. You still beat a fusion of an all-star team. I put a lot of weight on that gold medal that Ginobili won. And he's still up in in the process, still being the Spurs' best perimeter player uh, for a bulk of the uh, bulk of the two thousands. So, respect to uh, Ginobili. G. So he is my number seven. Uh, who's your number seven? Uh, so like I said, it's the same thing. So what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like. It's, it's basically the same thing, which was George Gervin. And it's just like flip for us. Oh, okay. So you uh, said George Gervin. And I think after this, our whole list is the same. Probably. Uh, number six, I got Allen Iverson. Wait, you got Clyde better than AI? Yes. Clyde has a ring. Look, man. Nigga, that ring. Man, look. Man, look, we we have to say this, G. A man literally. We have to talk about this, G. Now, this may come off as a hot take. This is probably the hottest of all hot takes, G. They keep it all the way, G. And I love AI. I was wearing all AI fits as a kid, G. Yes. But we, it's just like, if we're going to be honest about freaking T-Mac, Iverson, was great. He was a dog. He was a killer. The greatest short man to ever play that's not named Isaiah Thomas. He has an MVP. He went to the finals. He never saw finals ever again. He's the only person to beat Shaq and Kobe in that playoff. He stepped over Tyron Lue. He didn't go to practice. But regardless... Iverson did not get that far ever again afterwards. Oh, he crossed over Mike. And I, once again, I love Iverson. I love him, bro. That's my nigga. Yes, he still dresses like it's 2003 to this day. But I respect that man, G. Utmost respect. Yes, I might get slandered to God, but... I have to value Clyde Drexler getting to the finals multiple times. He just happened to run into a fist, Bill Lambeer's fist, and Dennis Rodman defensively. Michael Jordan making six threes and a half. And then to the point where he said, you know what, G, I did all I can do. All right, guess what? I am going to play with the Rockets. And he won a ring. He was still a productive player on that team. They needed him on that team because the Rockets barely made the playoffs. Was wasn't making the playoffs until he joined that team. So it, it's a factor. But Iverson G, like, look, bro, we, Iverson has none but love for us in the hood. G, if this, if I was in a barbershop, I'm capping and I'm gonna sit there and say yes. Allen Iverson is a top three shooting guard of all time in a barbershop. But this is a podcast, and this is my podcast on top of it. 
and I got to be a little bit more honest here. It may be a hot take, but gee, I love you, Iverson, but you are number six. I, literally. And also, the, fu- the fact that one of his nicknames is Bubba Chuck. You kind of lost me right there. But um, Iverson's definitely one of the most iconic players to ever do it. Uh, niggas was out here rocking Iverson brand jerseys, bro. Uh, niggas was rocking shooting, literally cutting up socks to wear shooting sleeves, bro. He's an icon, bro. He's legit one of the most iconic players to ever play the game. Probably top three. Like for NBA history, especially for us niggas. Uh, 11-time All-Star, some of them were fraudulent towards the end of his career. I'm just going to keep a buck. Uh, four-time scoring champ, three-time steel champ, seven-time All-NBA, Rookie of the Year, two-time All-Star MVP. I did not know that. Uh, 2001 MVP. Utmost respect. The only thing that was the unfortunate thing about Iverson was, I feel like with his Nuggets career, instead, you said what? I said his shot was elite. I'm, I'm look, bro. I you making a great argument. Look, man. I got you on this. And I'm about to win this argument on one thing. Call Clyde, Clyde Drexler was balding. Alan Iverson still have all his hair without his lining receding. <laughs> <laughs> valid point. Very valid. But... Clyde Drexler just embraced the shit, G. That's <laughs> what he can do. Nick was bald and went He didn't shot. embrace it. Jordan embraced it. Clyde Drexler didn't embrace it. He did embrace it. He kept that shit. That's not embracing it. <laughs> That's holding on. <laughs> yeah, look, man. You probably just need to talk to yeah, look, bro, no, I'm not going to go there. But either way, uh, Iverson has the utmost respect for me, G. He's one of my favorite players growing up, G. But I will, I will say this, and I'm going to say this. If, if Iverson was able to kind of be what Chauncey Billups was to Melo on them Nuggets teams, I feel like Melo and Iverson will both have a ring. And I feel like Iverson still thought he had the juice like that in the baby blue Nuggets jerseys. But I think that's what, to me, kind of holds up Iverson, G. Just me. But, uh, but yeah, G. Uh, he's my number six. I understand you might be shocked, but that's my thought. <laughs> oh, bro! Like my bad, bro. Clyde, like I had Clyde. <laughs> like my last four is AI. You, you know who it is, man. Yeah, like at this I got point. no I can't look, bro. I got roasted at school for having Harden over AI, and I was have Clyde over him. Yeah, I understand. I got roasted at school, bro. Like, I was getting bodied. <laughs> look, man, niggas love AI too much, so I understand why. Mother's is going to go crazy at you for that conversation. This is a safe space for hot takes. So, what's the worst somebody going to do? Hunt us down? Shit. But, they're going to blow up our Twitter page. Um, but, either way, um, uh, what you got to say about Clyde? Well, we'll combine Clyde Drexler. Uh, 10-time All-Star, NBA champion, 5-time All-NBA. 
uh, he did get to what two or three finals? Or was it no three finals? Or was it, yeah three finals? So, uh, he, like I mentioned, he just ran into the wrong people. He ran into Dennis Rodman's fist, and uh, Michael Jordan dropped six uh six threes in a quarter. So what was you supposed to do as if you're Clyde Drexler? Because it's not like his 2K self where that nigga will freaking dunk from the free throw line. Be that way sometimes. But uh, Clyde was out always doing his thing, though, G. Uh, I think he might be one of the most underrated scorers and people don't talk about, in a way. Because this nigga literally averaged 20 for his career. 26 and 5 for his career, which is outstanding, uh, by the way. But the man never... Av- Never averaged less than 18 for his career outside his rookie season. And that's really freaking good. Like, he played all the way to 98. So, yeah. So, around the same time, Mike retired. She looked. So. Check if she looked. Because I'm uh, trying to bait her. Mm? Check if she looking. That's, G. Uh, I want no. you to know that just don't sound right. Nigga! Aaron, bro. Gee, you know that. Okay. Uh, my bad, Chris. I want people to know that he's playing Rainbow Six. My bad, bro. My bad. Gee. I just want people to know he's playing Rainbow Six, G, because the way that sounded did not sound good. My bad, bro. <laughs> did not sound good. My bad, bro. No, I, I, I'm paying attention to everything you said. Because you know. know I got the attention. I, I got it. Bro. I know. I know. I'm well, sorry. It's bro. just what you said. I'm G. sorry. Bro. What, what you said. Take me off, bro. <laughs> you said just didn't sound right <laughs> and mind you I got the mute so I'm not that's how you know I'm paying attention to the mute because I got them I got all of them like you know muted and stuff they can't hear me or anything yeah alright it was just how you I said can't. it was like bro that it just sounded wild that way. so like let's get this let's let's let's, 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 let's get this over with like I said I got smoked at school for saying AI was not better than harder so let's go my next is harder your next is harder Harder yep. by far one of the better scorers that ever have ever came into this goddamn league. You can't argue that. The man has almost he almost have touched Jordan's streak of 35 plus games, and the man almost averaged like 35 himself in a league where where honestly, some of the best defenders are in his position. Even though the league is catered to him right now, he is abusing those rules in a great way that only true scorers can. So there's no way you can say Harden is not anywhere near like top four of this list. If you only hate the beer like that, I'm not a big Houston fan, and I hate the way he played the game. But I kid you not, if Harden had an inkling of a of, of a Clay Thompson on his team, or if he had somebody like a Kevin Durant, or if he had somebody like a D Wade or a Bron James, bro, James Harden will be a multi time champion, and we'll be having a different conversation. Or we could sit there and say if he never disappeared in the finals, <laughs> that he might. <laughs> He never disappeared in the finals. He ever read. If we was to sit there and say that, uh, if he decided not to chuck up threes and bait Clay Thompson into uh, uh, fouling him on threes, he would have a ring. That is the story of James Harden, but of why he don't have a ring. But James Harden still has a long career ahead of him. Uh, I would say he's in his scoring prime right now. Because, gee, some of this stuff he does is outrageous in terms of just numbers. Because ever since he joined the Rockets in 2012, bro, he has averaged 26, 25, 27, 29, 29, 30, 36, and this season's 34. And there was a point this season where he was averaging 38. 
I believe. So, like, people was believing he might average 40 this season. But in terms of, and also uh, his MVP season, I believe he did average literally 29 and 11. Like, like Harden arguably it has been cheated out of maybe two or three MVPs. Uh, Westbrook has one of them, and some people allegedly say that uh, Steph Curry's first MVP is supposed to be James Harden's as well. Uh, so, but I have to, I have the utmost respect for Harden G in terms of just finding ways to score. Now, does that, now, do I give him a hard time? Yes, because sometimes that shit is, at this point, it's out of hand because it's like, bro, I should not be, like, I think the worst thing that ever happened for James Harden is the simple fact that Steph Curry made shooting three high volume number of threes popular. Because I feel like it made him just chuck up shit, and then just it, and then he just makes it up by shooting free throws. That's kind of like the downfall of Harden's game. Because when he first joined the Rockets, yes, he was getting to the free. Like, I'm gonna just list his free throw numbers, attempts only, since joining the Rockets. Uh, ten, nine, ten, 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 ten eleven, twelve. So. In terms of just getting to the free throw line, since you said what? You said what, G? No, uh, I'm listening to you. Oh, but in terms of just getting to the free throw line, like yeah, he's always getting to the line. It's just how he does it is kind of like outrageous now, and the league consistently does try to change the rules to not benefit him. But it to me, this also is another strength of James Harden. He's a very smart basketball player. But it just shows at the most wrong times of where I think him trying to bend the rules in playoff situations messes him over. Because, once again, we could sit there and talk about even like this, like last year in the finals and the year before where, where Chris Paul was hurt, you had two chances to win the game. Two chances. Two. And you didn't get it done. And then this pat and then last season you said what? Oh, and then last season in the playoffs. I said no cap. Yeah. And then last season in the playoffs, you literally K D goes out and you still don't get the job done. And it's like, bro. If you decide to just play basketball and kind of not try to bend the rules, I think Harden would still be easy, would be in a lot better shape as a player, and I think people respect him more, respect his game more than just look at it in disgust. Because I feel like just the past two seasons, two three seasons, people look at it more in disgust than in like, yo, fuck this, like yo, fuck this nigga. Because it's just like, gee, he, the way he plays basketball is disgusting. And I, I get it. I really do. But utmost respect to Harden. Uh, he is, like, based off literally, like, off watching him play, he is top four. And he could probably end his career top three. He can easily end his career top three because I could see him getting another MVP. I can see him getting... uh. I could probably see him get another one or two more MVPs. He should be a champion before it's all said and done. 
I strongly believe Hardy's gonna be one of those people who get like a like I expect a Dirk Nowitzki type run out of Harden. In a way, that might be the most accurate comparison. James Harden might be this era's Dirk in a sense of we know Dirk is great, but it's just like, bro, you choked at the most weirdest times. And with Dirk, until if he did not win that one ring, we believe will be in his Hall of Fame speech. It would be in his Hall of Fame speech because, G, we believe got in that ass. And with James Harden, at this point, the Warriors got in that ass. And also, Manu Ginobili uh, blocking from behind, which is also another reason why Ginobili is uh, top uh, where he's at in my list. Uh, but, yeah, G. And, but I will say this one thing about Harden. I respect the fact that he's still finding ways to get better. Uh, he's a – compared to, like, his early Rockets years where that nigga's ass on defense, he doesn't get cooked as much, which makes me more comfortable. I put him higher on the list than Allen Iverson. Like, it, Harden has done a lot, like, since being a Rocket. Even when he was with OKC, he was still really good. He has a six-man because of that. Because of that. But just his Rocket years alone, and I could see him possibly being better. Like, he still has time to do more. He has so much time to do more. So, yeah, my thoughts on that. Those are my thoughts on Harden. I know you got more to say. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I agree with you, bro. Uh, like, I had my spiel on Harden, too. So, we can go to the to D-Wade. Since you were a D-Wade fan before I ever was, um, even though that dude was cheesy on, like, what was that, 2K, like, 06? Um, but, yeah, you can, you can explain how great of a career D-Wade had. All right, man. So, it's, this is also going to lead some honesty about D-Wade as well. Uh, I know I give... <laughs> Like, I'm just knocking it out the way now. We give, we give, oh, I give Steph Curry flack for being a front runner. Uh, D-Wade might also have been a front runner as well. Uh, I just realized his nickname is Tyrone. It all makes sense now. Uh, but, <laughs> but D-Wade, when he, like, he had, well, he still single-handedly led the heat to the, uh, Playoffs his rookie year. Did that thing. Second year, got to the Eastern Conference Finals with Shaq uh, and a few others on that team. Then the next year, you have Gary Payton, who was still really good defensively. Antoine Walker, uh, probably one of the most, somebody who I forgot, who should be an honorable mention in power forwards. I forgot to mention him, but Antoine Walker don't get enough uh, respect in, in Chicago legend. Uh, but had a stacked team in 06 when him and the referees won it. Had the referees in 06 as well. Uh, and then the following year, got hurt. Following year, probably was barely eighth seed. Following year, barely made the playoffs again. Or didn't make the playoffs. And then, I think the year before they get LeBron, barely made the playoffs again. Then he gets LeBron, wins championships. Or gets to the finals again. Twice. And then also. Like even though like past the. My leg is barely. Uh, staying alive. Days of D-Way's career. 
he did will those uh, Heat teams to championship. I mean, not championship, because the playoffs either way. But in terms of, like, we see D-Wade's success, it might be front-runner-ish. So <laughs> I'm just knocking it out the way now, the dialogue out the way now. Still have the most love for D-Wade. But D-Wade, one of my favorite players. Uh, honestly, that rookie year is probably one of the most underrated rookie years because uh, people don't talk about it enough because Melo and LeBron were things. But D-Wade did take his team to the uh, playoffs for LeBron did multiple times. Uh, but what really made me a D-Wade fan was because for one, uh, the respect that Shaq put on his name. I remember that press conference when Shaq got traded to the Heat. And he just put respect on Wade's name. And then as a kid, me just checking out, like, who's this D-Wade guy? Even more, I was like, yo, this dude different. Might actually be different. And just seeing him play with Shaq was just fun. And then whatever 2K Shaq was uh, Shaq was on the heat on, like, I was literally hooping niggas up with D-Wade, like, all the time. He was a cheat code. But what really made me a big fan of D-Wade was seeing him come back from uh, down. And, yes, the referees was present. And all of that good stuff. But, bro, when I tell you, when I tell you, my nigga, that what D-Wade still beat Dirk. Also, that's another. uh, We will also remember Dirk for uh, that finals as well. (laughs) But what D-Wade did was, this was me, man. This was me. When I seen him throw that ball. Look, bro. I, that's why I was like, dog, you're different. He's different, bro. And, like, gee, man, special. But D-Wade's, uh, like, D-Wade could have so much more. I feel like LeBron would probably still be on the heat, would have been on the heat longer if, if he knew D-Wade's body wasn't falling apart and he became knee-Wade uh, in that final year uh, of the Heatles, of the Heatles era. But that's a different story in itself. But uh, D-Wade is probably really one of the best shooting guards that wasn't named Kobe in the 2000s. Uh, there was legit a season where you can argue that he was better than Kobe. Let me see if I can find that season. I think it was the season he won scoring champ. Um, was it 2008-09? Yeah. When he averaged 30, 7.5, and five, uh, seven, seven and a half assists. And five rebounds, you could argue that he was better than uh, Kobe. There was an argument you can make that he was probably better than Kobe. And to me, I hated Kobe with every fiber of my being still at that point in my life. So I would probably make that argument any goddamn way. But D-Wade was cold, G. Like, he was a dog. Uh, he did drag those weak-ass Heat teams post-Shack to playoff appearances, which is extremely tough because even though the East was ass, he was still he still found a way to do it. Like when people like P- D Wade is probably one of those people who don't get enough respect. And when they say, "Boy, that boy could have been a dog," like, he don't get enough respect. Also, he broke Rondo's arm in the uh, 20, 2011 playoffs, and that 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 doesn't get enough talked about enough either. Because that was some Chicago shit when he did that. So it's comical as hell when you think about it. But yeah, so that's my thoughts on uh, D Wade. He ain't from Chicago, though. That's why he's not better than Kobe. He technically is. <laughs> technically? No, he's not. He grew up. He no, just not. Went to, he just went to high school in Oak Lawn. Mm-hmm. I think they say he grew up where on normal, I think. I forgot where. 
until you until he released that Oakland blood from your veins, <laughs> it's best he stay away from me, bro. <laughs> All right, well, can't get mad at that. I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, but yeah, so that's D Wade. Um, still the only major blemish is that final year of the Heatles era. Uh, when that nigga went, I think three months without scoring over twenty points, which is disrespectful as hell. But shout out to uh D Wade though. Uh, so number two is clearly Kobe. Uh, we had so much Kobe appreciation this past year, where it's like, you know what? I don't want to keep having this conversation. <laughs> but um, Kobe, man, is easily number two. Nobody's even close. Uh, yeah, nobody's really close. It's like, do we really need to break down Kobe again in his career? Do we? Like, is there really no point to me? <laughs> Say it again, Chris, my bad. No, nah, I said, is there really a reason we need to break down Kobe? Say it again. And I said, do we really need to break down Kobe's career again? Like, you know, I think, and guess what, bro? I think at this point, even without his, I think his resume speaks for itself. Now, when you say Kobe, you already know he only second to Jordan in the shooting guard list. Yeah. Just that simple. Plain and simple. It's just the only major blemish is so, one MVP, and that's really it. Exactly. That's the one MVP. Exactly. So, he got five rings. Yep. Lost the finals twice. That's it. One of them to Paul Pierce. So that's a blemish as well. So sorry, Kobe. We hate this <laughs> from the grave. But uh, okay, all right. okay, nah, you're right. <laughs> unfortunately, one of them is from Paul Pierce. I can respect, like literally. Carmelo was trying to do things to Vanessa, and and Ben Wallace just doing that thing to Shaq. So life happens, but uh, but yeah. So, but one of them is to Paul Pierce, and I can't honor that, bro. Sorry. Um, don't hoop me up in my dreams, Kobe. Please, uh, I I I don't want to wake up like that. But uh, moving on, uh, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Um, look, man. All I'm gonna say is this, because it's really nothing like what Kobe is like. What can we say about Mike besides the fact that literally is Michael goddamn Jordan, and uh, let's just keep it G real. There's nothing else to really say besides when you watch this documentary, it just further exceeds the fact that nobody's really touching Mike at all, at all. In terms of just the goat talk. Once again, Kareem is the only person, and I will still honor that. But in terms of just, if you, like, I have to accept the fact that literally LeBron is pop, is number two, number three at the very worst. But, gee, it's probably disrespectful to say that anybody's really close in terms of between LeBron and Kobe at the, in terms of GOAT talk. But in terms of just his legend is different in itself, whereas, like, just saying he's number one shooting guard is just disrespectful because the niggas, that's, niggas that much the GOAT. So it's like, what else can you really say? Uh, especially after watching this documentary. Uh, it's really nothing else. Clear cut, the best shooting guard ever. Uh, nobody's probably ever going to get close until we see somebody win six championships. 
uh, undefeated in the finals, 10-time scoring champ, 3-time steal champ, 6-time champion, 11-time All-NBA, 9-time All-Defense, 3-time All-Star MVP, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, 6-time Finals MVP, 5-time MVP and Rookie of the Year, and also won so Defensive pissed. Player of the Year and MVP in the same goddamn season. So until somebody does that, nobody's touching it. So, like, Jordan's probably Yo, the only player. I think the best resume thing is that MVP and defensive player of the year, bro. That's yeah. just wild, bro. Yeah, in the same season. And if you can look it up for me real quick on basketball reference, and he, like, top five or top ten in steals or something like that, he I was playing he defense, dog. Let's see, all times. Steel leaders NBA. Let's see. Yeah, Michael Jordan is number three. Yeah, he is number three. Uh, Nigga. So, and the closest person in the modern era is Chris Paul, but he's number eight, number seven. I don't see Chris Paul getting nowhere near close. At all. Like, nobody's going to get... I don't think nobody's really going to... Yeah, Chris Paul, at the end of his career, could probably pass... Uh, no, I highly doubt he could probably get to... I don't know. I don't know how steals work for players altogether, but... Chris Paul might be the only one who could possibly get close. Possibly. But he's too late in his career to probably get close. But, yeah. Mike is safe. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But, yeah, it's a lot of underrated. Like, literally, you can still argue that Michael Jordan's probably underrated in some aspects. <laughs> in some aspects, he's still underrated as a player. Like, yeah. that's, no, that no. says a lot about Mike. Like, that says a lot. So, um. Yeah, man, I ain't, nothing. I ain't about to sit there and brag about Mike. We're going to freaking dedicate a, a podcast episode to the uh, Last Dance documentary soon. So, uh, in regards to that. So, but, um, so that's our list. Um, I'm definitely going to post them this on the uh, podcast page. So, so people can see how mad they're going to get when I have Clyde Drex over AI. But, um, it be that way sometimes. But, um... Who we gonna do next? Because we've got small forward and centers left. Uh, let's do small forwards because centers the the more fun one of us saying who's better than who. I think small forwards is is a um is legit a um a, a hard one to do because like at the at the seven. It's some deep cuts, bro. <laughs> it's, a, it's some real deep cuts, dog. You know, he's a real deep cuts. Like, Muggs will sit there like, if you ain't watch basketball, you probably won't know his name. <laughs> like, hey. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, we'll do small fours. We already know that goddamn Jalen Rose. It'll be crazy on Rudy Gay not no honorable mention. Exactly. Jalen Rose might make the list. <laughs> Jalen Rose might make the list. Oh, Unfortunately, there's the unfortunate thing is this. Paul Pierce has to make the list. That's the unfortunate part. That Paul Pierce has to make the list. But don't worry. Mm-hmm. I'll find a hot take to fuck it all up. Uh, 
either way, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, much support, much love, as always. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at 3s from the ring, 3Fs from the ring. Help us get to 100 followers, G, on the real. That'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, yeah, make we sure. Don't uh, we need yep. like 30 more niggas. Exactly, 30 more and counting. So, literally, we just don't want to stop at 100. So, keep the numbers up. But uh, make sure you do follow us on Twitter at 3s from the ring. Uh, whatever platform that you are listening to us on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, make sure you hit that share button. Make sure you hit that subscribe slash follow button. If you are on freaking Apple Podcasts, maybe hit a rate and comment, my nigga. It would be greatly appreciated, G. But we thank you for listening, and peace.